Welcome to the Creating Strength Podcast. We're here in episode number two, and today's show is sponsored by Common Sense. Everybody wants it, but not everyone has it. Now, thanks for listening, tuning in today. We're going to dive into today's topic and talk about why it's important to develop leaders. And to talk about this, I'm going to answer a few questions today. One is, can you develop leaders or even great leaders? Two, what does it take? Three, why should organizations make room in their budget for leadership development? And four, what's the difference between a manager and a leader? And finally, I'm going to close the show today with an answer to a question you might not even know that you had. What does a personal trainer have in common with leadership? I'm going to tackle all these questions and explain exactly why, if you want to be a great leader, you better be willing to put in the work. So let's dive in. First question, can you develop leaders? There is a debate out there that I have seen recently on LinkedIn, and it's nothing new. Some folks think you cannot develop leaders. Some people think that you are either born a great leader or you are not. One of the greatest myths, I think, is that when it comes to leadership, some people have it and some don't. Another myth, I think, is that if you don't have it, then you can't learn it. Neither could be further from the truth. While some traits are definitely with you when you are born, others are developed throughout your upbringing. Actually, your parents have a lot to do with your desire to be a leader and also what skills you will have later in life, like building relationships. You've probably heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you haven't, picture a pyramid, and at the bottom you have your most basic need, physiological. Then, moving up the pyramid, you've got safety, then love and belongingness, esteem, and at the very top is self-actualization. Esteem and self-actualization play a big role in leadership. Now, if your parents did not fulfill your esteem needs when you were younger, you might actually search out other ways to fulfill this need, like leadership. Two powerful influences play on adolescents, drawing some of them in to positions of potential leadership and keeping others out. One is the continuing need for self-esteem. And number two, it's developing the need and capacity for social role-taking. Unfulfilled esteem needs are one of the most potent sources of motivation. If your esteem needs are unfulfilled by your parents, it's highly probable you will have a desire to lead or at least be motivated. Think about your upbringing and think about what you do today and your desire to lead. Is there a connection? Once the four levels of Maslow's hierarchy are fulfilled and esteem needs checked off, one can actually ascend to the pinnacle, the very top, self-actualization. Self-actualization is important for enabling leaders to understand their followers. According to James McGregor Burns, it is their capacity to learn from others and the environment. It is this kind of self-actualization that enables leaders to comprehend the needs of potential followers, to entertain into their perspectives and to act on popular needs. 
So self-actualization is the desire in human nature to fulfill our potential. And as Abraham Maslow defined it, it's that desire for self-fulfillment and to become more and more of what we're supposed to be and what we're capable of becoming. And Maslow's hierarchy of needs, how does it relate to leadership, you might be asking? Well, as I pointed out before, it has to do with one, your motivation to lead or not lead. But two, Maslow's hierarchy illustrates an individual's inherent desire to be self-actualized, which is when somebody can use his or her talents and capabilities to the fullest. So your aim as a manager or a leader should be to fulfill all the needs of your people as this is truly the secret sauce for motivation and high performance. And don't worry, I'm gonna put this all into perspective here when I answer these next questions. But a revenue accountant for Bloom Energy puts it this way. All of us are born leaders. We all have leadership qualities ingrained. All that we need is polishing them up and bringing them to the forefront. It is an ongoing process to develop ourselves as a leader. But unless we take on the leadership challenges presented to us on a daily basis, we cannot become better at it. I think this really sums up what leadership development is all about. One must be motivated to lead, but also be willing to put in the work. It doesn't happen overnight. Your willingness to face everyday challenges and take risks matters. Also consider that as humans, we tend to want to conform. And leaders have to be willing to challenge the status quo. So consider this. Psychologist Jane Lovinger argued that many individuals actually remain locked at the conformist stage of personal development. In that stage of development, the individuals have a strong need to conform to group accepted rules. Have you ever felt like that? Like you're just conforming? Social acceptance and its accompanying sense of belonging are what makes us feel secure. Yet, a consistent theme among leadership behavior is the presence of non-conformist behavior and risk-taking. Leaders need to foster environments of creativity, innovation, and be willing to take risks. So, can you teach this? Can you teach someone how to be a leader? The short answer is yes. Yes, you can. So moving on to the second question, what does it take to develop a leader? I'm going to start answering this question with a statistic because I think the problem that most organizations and most leaders face has to deal with these numbers. Did you know that on average, managers do not receive leadership training until they're around the age of 42? That is after spending almost 10 years in a management or supervisory role. So let me put it this way. I want you to imagine for a second that you play golf. Me personally, I don't like golf. Not very good at it. Now, in this scenario, you love golf, but you really aren't that great. You go out two to three times per week to play. Each time you're developing bad habits, repeating the same awful swing over and over again. And you don't have a coach, you don't have a trainer, or even a friend to go out with to point out that your swing is destroying your entire game. Finally, after 10 years of playing golf, 
you decide it's time to invest in a coach, time to get some help. After one week of working with this golf coach, you are able to go five under par, the best you've ever done. This is the same scenario that is happening in the business world all over. When it's time to decide what to spend money on, it's time to put the budget together, higher-ups that are in charge of all this sometimes fail to see the immediate value in leadership development. So zero dollars gets put towards developing their leaders. So the consequence is managers that are developing bad habits. They have zero resources or direction and are wasting thousands of hours in pointless meetings. This is costly. So first thing, yes, we can develop them. And second, we can develop leaders much, much earlier. We don't need to be waiting until someone has been in their position for 10 years. But you have to start by identifying those who are actually motivated to lead. Because as I pointed out earlier, not all of us are actually motivated to lead. Motivation is the one thing that you cannot teach, but you can focus on the right things to start creating great leaders. Now, here are a few things I think you should focus on. First is values. Last year, I learned the importance of values and the role that they play in my life and now they help guide my decisions. I came up with my top five values and over time I've adjusted them so it doesn't look the same as when I first made them, but values are crucial to an organization. They are the underlying beliefs that guide decisions and actions and they ultimately shape our days and our careers. Your organization should know its top five values or at the very least the top three. If I asked you right now what values your company lives by, you should be able to immediately list them off. Every leader in the organization needs to know what values they live by. Their followers need to know. Values are something that should be clearly communicated across the organization and leaders need to affirm the shared values of the group. Because as I said, values guide decisions. So every organization needs their set of values and every leader needs to know their own. But they also need to know the values of each person on their team. So think of it this way. If your actions are not in line with your values or the company values, employees are going to notice. When you're at work, your days are filled with experiences that spark emotions, feelings, good and bad. We know that negative emotions and feelings are going to affect your engagement and your commitment to the organization. If leaders are not doing what they say they will do and they're acting against their values, employees are going to take notice and it's going to affect them in a negative way. So all of this is connected. Values are important, but so is D-W-Y-S-Y-W-D. What does that mean? Do what you say you will do. This is so important because leaders are their organization's ambassadors of shared values. People are watching what you do and they are listening to what you say. They're going to check to see if it matches values. Number two, vision. In these times of rapid change and uncertainty, people want to follow those who can see beyond today's difficulties and imagine a brighter tomorrow. Others have to see themselves as part of that vision and as able to contribute 
in order to embrace the vision and make it their own. I like to say that leaders are dealers in hope. Have you ever heard that? Engagement comes from having hope for the future. It's all connected. So creating a vision is a crucial step in creating hope for the future. And so leaders have this important responsibility of creating and maintaining the organizational vision. What does the company seek to become in the next 5, 10, or 20 years, and what steps are required to realize that goal? In fact, if you're going out on interviews, that is a great question to ask your potential employer. What's the vision and the mission of the company, and where do you see yourselves going in 5, 10, 20 years? What are you doing to get there? As a visionary leader, you should be thinking about more than just the next quarter. You should also be thinking about the next decade and what your company's reputation and place in the world will be after four quarterly results. That was a quote by Mary Barra, CEO of General Motors. Three, development. Getting to know your people, creating strong relationships, and investing in the development of your followers is another fundamental concept of great leadership. Now, for a second, I want you to think of your business as an aircraft, one in which the employees are the engines. They keep the aircraft flying. And in any plane, the engines need constant maintenance, without which they will deteriorate prematurely. So in other words, if your employees see you taking no steps to help them grow, their productivity will decline, guaranteed. The result's gonna be unengaged employees who are just waiting for a chance to leave. Now, according to a LinkedIn survey, 94% of employees would stay with a company longer if they saw an improvement in their professional lives. This survey also said that over 25% of millennials and Gen Z workers believe that learning is the top factor that contributes to them feeling happy at work. These statistics prove that professional growth is an essential component of employee engagement and cannot be overlooked. My personal leadership development programming that I do for my clients includes more concepts than just these three. But I believe that values, vision, and development, these are some of the most important ones. And overall, leadership it's definitely something that it can be taught. If you focus on the right skills and it's an ongoing effort, it's not just, hey, we took a couple courses. It has to be an ongoing effort. I cannot say this enough. Leadership training should be continuing. Something that's reinforced, practiced, coached, and it's throughout one's career. So let's move on to the next question. I've answered a little bit of this already, but why should organizations make room in the budget for leadership development? Well, I think most of us are looking for that higher engagement, higher productivity, and I've already proven how important leadership is to that. But here's the thing, truly great leaders, they've got three things. They're motivated, they're constantly learning and trying to get better, and they're willing to put in the work. So think about something that you do really well, golf, basketball, or maybe it's writing. There might be a part of you that's just naturally good at it, but I'm willing to bet you had to work at it. You had to practice your craft over and over and over again to get great at it. But I'm guessing you were also motivated to get better at it. Leadership is no different. 
If you want to be someone who makes an impact with your leadership, you need to be willing to put in the work, practice, fail, and constantly learn. Now, I think this quote says it best. Everybody wants to be a bodybuilder, but I nobody wants to lift this heavy ass weight. That was said by Ronnie Coleman. He was a world-class bodybuilder, and those words have always stuck with me because it's really true. I competed in over 15 bodybuilding shows, and I had so many people ask me, you know, what's your diet? What's your training like? And they were always so shocked. They would usually respond to me with something like, oh, I could never do that. That's impossible. That's too much. But here's the thing. They absolutely could do it if they wanted to. I was motivated to train three hours a day and eat 1,200 calories. They were not. I had the motivation and my why was always clear. So when things got difficult, I always brought myself back to what my why was. Motivation comes and goes, but your why will carry you through. Now, there's nothing wrong with not having the same goals, but the biggest difference is people's willingness to put in the work and let their why drive them. I don't believe that companies are any different. Now, they need to be willing to put the work in, budget for it, and they need to have a why. What's their purpose? You have to want to be a great leader. You have to want to be an organization with great leaders within it. And then you have to want to put in the work. In all of these things, you have to be driven by your why. You have to want to develop your people. Just like the golfer scenario, and just like my clients' responses to me, if you want to reach a goal or see a specific result, then you have to be willing to put the work in. So many times I think companies just don't want to put the work in. And with that comes the budget. They want the benefits of great leadership. They want higher engagement, reduced turnover. They want higher productivity and higher sales, and also motivated and happy employees but they would rather spend their money on the nice fancy project and spend their time on these projects that are going to probably see more immediate results than maybe a leadership development program. Sometimes I feel like businesses out there are just kind of crossing their fingers and hoping it all works out. But does that make any sense? No, I don't think it makes any sense whatsoever. Your goals are a direct result of the systems that you put in place. I don't care if we're talking about a specific person or, or an organization. It has, it's all the same. If you don't have any systems, aka leadership training, then you're not going to have the kind of leaders you need or want to get you to your goals. Benjamin Franklin summed it up pretty well with his quote, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. I used to say that to my clients all the time. Think about how people in sales are promoted. Almost all of the time, it's because they've made good sales. They hit their quota and they were really, really great at their job. So then they're expected to go into a manager position, go into a supervisor position and automatically be good managers. But that's not what they were great at before. Doesn't this sound weird? No planning, no preparations or systems in place to actually create the leaders you want. You should be creating strength from day one. One of the problems I think uh, that businesses also struggle with is trying to decide 
Like what is the immediate result going to be? Is it worth allocating room in the budget? What are they going to see right away? And there's several reasons for this. It's because they're unsure if leaders can be developed. And then two, it's, a, it's just not something you're going to see overnight results with. It takes time, work, and patience to develop your leaders. Now, according to the Center for Creative Leadership, there are four big reasons that companies should make developing their leaders a priority. One, it's going to improve your bottom line. So you might not see that overnight, but it is something that you will see over time. And two, attract, develop, and retain talent. Three, drive strategy and execution. And number four, you're better able to adapt to change. So to answer that question, why should companies allocate room in the budget? Because although you're not going to see overnight results, you're either going to see results a year down the line from not investing in your leaders, or you're going to see results a year down the line from investing in leadership development. There's going to be two different results that you're going to see. And although it takes time, which result would you rather have? That's the real question. Moving on to the next question. Now, I love this debate, um, if you want to call it that, manager versus leader. What's the difference? Now, Jake Hunger defines leadership as an individual who establishes direction for a working group of individuals. This person gains commitment from the group members to this direction and who then motivates these members to achieve the direction's outcomes. Now, management is more planning, directing, and controlling. Leaders promote change to meet rapid changes in markets and technology versus managing, which provides predictability and order. It organizes and structures its facilities to properly carry out plans. But leadership envisions new directions and motivates others to move in these new directions. It inspires commitment, loyalty, and involvement to accomplish a mission that is articulated by the leader. Now, don't get me wrong, I think every business needs management. But leadership will ultimately provide an innovative organization that is able to manage change, adapt, and thrive. And I hope that makes sense with everything I've talked about today, you know, why we need to be developing our leaders, why it's possible and what you need. It's important to, when you're teaching leadership, to actually help people understand the difference between manager and leader. Because I like, I like to challenge people in management positions. Like, are you actually managing or are you leading? There's two very distinct activities that are done by both. But a manager is going to have to tell someone what to do, whereas a leader is going to inspire that. And there's a big difference. So if you're looking, again, it all comes back down to higher productivity, higher sales, you know, customer satisfaction and happier employees, leadership is going to be the thing that gets you where you want to go. Now, to close today's show out, I want to answer the question that, like I said, you may not even know you uh, should have been asking this question. But what does a personal trainer have in common with leadership development? Now, when you think about personal trainers, fitness instructors, coaches, you know, what word comes to mind? I want you to think about that for a second. A lot of the times I will get responses like inspirational. 
um, supportive, things like that. And so I ask you this, what words came to your mind? Were they inspiring, motivating, or positive? And when you worked with that person, did they hold you accountable? Did you work on your goals for the future with them? Now, I can confidently tell you that when you work with a personal trainer, you should be able to say yes to all those things. So if you were sitting there and you said, I have hired a personal trainer, but I didn't feel any of that, you hired the wrong person. (laughs) So the same goes for leaders in your life. Managers at work should want to be all of these things for their team. Personal training is about helping someone create a vision for the future. It's about creating goals and then a plan to reach those goals. People hire trainers because they know that they need help with these things and they need someone to hold them accountable. And honestly, isn't this, it's all about having hope for the future. That's what this is. You have a goal, you have a vision of yourself three months, six months from now, That is your vision and that's your hope for the future that you want to be different than you are today. You know, I used to meet with most of my clients every day and at the very least three times per week. We put in the work. We checked in on goals every week and if we weren't on track, we adjusted the plan. I worked with a lot of figure competitors and bikini competitors and they would check in with me every week with uh, pictures. We would talk about nutrition, but I also had them answer a couple of questions. I wanted to know what went well, and then what did they struggle with during that week? And we worked on adjusting things to address both of those. So if there was things that they struggled with, I wanted to know how I could remove those barriers. How could I help? Uh, What could we do to make it so it wasn't such a struggle anymore? Now, if I didn't feel as though the program achieved the results that we needed, and that the results that we were working for, then I made changes. But we were in it together. Now, imagine if your manager did this for you. If your company approached leadership in this way, wouldn't you feel different? Would you feel supported? Would you feel motivated? I sure would. I think that's a revelation for me. You know, a leader is that person for their people creating a vision for the future, creating goals and a plan to reach those goals. Approaching the way an organization is developed in this way would drastically change the corporate landscape. I hope that challenged your thinking just a little bit because I love that thought process. And if you listened all the way to the end, I want to thank you for joining me today. Thank you for the support and The questions that we tackled today are really important, I think. And they're something that I'm super passionate about because I think as we look at corporate America and we look at organizations today, we can do better. Organizations can show up more for their employees. And when they do that, their employees are going to show up for them. They're going to work harder. They're going to be motivated and inspired. And we just, we spend too much time at work to not be developing our people, to not be approaching the way we do things at work, the way we approach our careers. So again, I want to thank you for joining me today in the Creating Strength podcast, episode number two. If you want to hear a particular topic on leadership, psychological safety, or training and development,